0: it's Annalie and it's Logan and you're listening to Popcorn Talk this is where we talk about movies old and new and we give you our advice so you can take it or you can leave it so grab the snacks and pop you're listening to Popcorn Talk. Popcorn Talk is brought to you by the Daily Eastern News and the music on this track is Drugs of Choice by Hans Adam. Hey how's it going everyone it's Annalie And it's Logan. And we are doing another episode of Popcorn Talk. I I haven't kept track of the episodes. It's kind of been a funky end of the summer, you know.
1: Extremely funky.
0: Yeah, it's been all over the place, unfortunately. But we're back.
1: This is episode
0: six. Episode six. Thank you, Logan. See, that's why why there's two of us, guys. That's why she keeps me. Yeah, that is. (laughs) Honestly... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <No>. anyways <laughs> so we just got done watching uh, a new horror film that just came out today or was released yeah. uh, to wide audiences today mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it you was, it, you probably know what it is. it's it's yeah. scary stories to tell in the dark.
1: Oh my gosh, do you guys remember reading those? I mean, Uh, I remember when I was in elementary school, I remember fourth grade Mrs. Rudizic's class. Shout out if you're listening to this. Fantastic (laughs) reader. She would read those every now and then for us. And I remember looking at the artwork... And thinking, oh my gosh, this is the scariest stuff I've ever seen. Absolutely,
0: in my life. I love the stories. I had owned all three books. Really? Because there were three them? of them. Uh, yeah, probably my house somewhere, like all tucked away in boxes and, and whatnot. But
1: yeah. Oh as soon my god! As I saw yeah. Previews for this, I was like, dude, I need to like buy these books again because used- I never
0: owned them. So well, well, okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> so the, then you already know the screenplay is by Guillermo del Toro. Okay. Oh, Love him. And mm. now he didn't direct the film. It was directed by Andre Orvedal, I believe that's how you say his name. I mean, we tried. It's we very funky it up. It's spelling. very Norwegian. Yeah, we tried looking him up, and there are no pronunciations,
1: but, so apologies in advance.
0: But a quick synopsis, so if you haven't read the stories, okay, it's, it's actually it's not entirely based on the book, okay, because the book is just a series of short stories, but the short stories are incorporated into the movie, so mm-hmm. here's a quick rundown of it. Uh, there's a a bunch of kids it's 1968 okay make that clear 1968 so it's the height of it's Halloween 1968 Mm -hmm. the height of the Vietnam War era right and there's a bunch of kids who are set to go trick-or-treating well they're not really going to go trick-or-treating well I guess there's this bully that wants to take all their candy the bully takes their candy uh plot twist the candy's actually uh feces, human feces, because yeah, it's such like a that. prank for this bully. And, um, so of course the bully gets mad. They all run away. They end, ru- end up running into this one kid who's running away uh-huh. and, uh, He's trying to
1: avoid the draft, right? Yeah, he, yeah. yes.
0: He was, uh, he, uh, the reason why he's running away, uh, spoiler, is because he was trying to dodge the draft. Yeah. And... Long story short, they all end up in this haunted house because it's Halloween, right? You all want to go to a haunted house on Halloween, and there's a backstory mm-hmm. with this haunted house. This girl named Sarah lived there, and the family hit her from public because she—I don't remember what disease she, she had.
1: She was um, albino.
0: Oh, that's it. Yeah, she's yeah, she was albino. That's it. She was. The, yeah. So they hit her because she was different. Yeah, you know, and so, anyways, but the real there's a, a real reason why they they hit her as well. And it's because her family was doing some corrupt, shady BS. And she was, she was blamed for poisoning these children who kept dying. But it wasn't her in the end, okay? So these kids find this room that she was kept in. They find this haunted book. She used to tell scary stories to kids. Mm-hmm. She found this haunted book. And, of course, you know, every teenage girl in scary movies usually does something stupid. So this teenage takes girl a- named Stella takes the book. Goes home and then the book starts Writing stories
1: about these uh, About kids. these kids that yeah. were
0: all in that house yeah. So and then it's It's the stories that we all the know story- and love
1: The stories play out w- You know with these new characters Yeah yeah. the stories that we read as kids And it's uh, It's it's pretty creepy <laughs> Alright Annalie what did you think What did you like well, No, Let's go into what we didn't like first Because I think that there's more of what we did like Yeah
0: yeah it's this is a great great movie so it's very hard to find things that, um, that we didn't like but mm-hmm. logan mentioned earlier not everything is perfect so there were a couple things that that stood out to me i guess the the one thing and i don't know if this was because they were trying to stick with the whole 1968-esque yeah. looking but there's some janky camera angles going on that i thought was just awkward at times why don't you go ahead and explain that because i didn't catch that so well i just noticed that a couple of times they would zoom in on people's you know characters faces or actors faces um and i for some reason it resonated with me like it was you know some 1980s sitcom you know the way that they would just annoyingly like zoom in on their faces and i i made sure to look out for like camera little things like that because i wanted to like show logan that i was learning from her because uh, <laughs> she usually brings stuff like that up so i just thought it was a little awkward i don't know if they were trying to like go back to to doing that it was just there was a lot of zoom-ins you know yeah. but it it I, it did work in its favor because it i don't know there were some things was that you off. had to zoom in on that so you didn't want to see the whole area which yeah. you know you want to leave that up to the imagination so i could see why they did that
1: and i mean i think that you're probably right but i didn't really notice it and even if i did notice it i don't think it was really a bad thing at right. all um honestly i think that the cinematography was fine um, I think that there was a good variety of shots. Maybe not as good of a variety as I would, you know, the typical person who's looking for that stuff would like. Right. But I think that
0: it didn't really distract me at all. Uh, so I had no problems with it. Also, another thing that I noticed so the piece or the movie is supposed to take place in 1968. There were a lot of inconsistencies just in like what was happening during that time. So. Obviously, that's when Nixon was being elected, okay? Um, that's when Vietnam was happening. They, you know, had people signing up to go serve. And But there's a, a couple things. Like, there's a couple cars that weren't out in 1968. They came out Ooh. after 1968. Okay. Oh, So, snap. There, one in particular that I saw drive by, and, and I could be wrong, but to me, it looked like a car, a 1971 or 1970 Chevelle. So... And that didn't come out till you know nineteen seventy. <laughs> <laughs> so that is something. That I mean,
1: people like Anneli are really yeah. I mean, there's a, and that's what it
0: it just drove by, but that was what I thought it was at fir- at first glance. But and there was a couple other things too that that were a little off. Like what about the movie? Uh, the clothing. The clothing. Yeah, a lot of the clothing was kind of off. Yeah, a little bit. It looked yeah. and and I feel really bad, but like it just it all looked brand new. It didn't look vintage at all like they didn't even try the mm-hmm. only time they tried was with the older sister when she's wearing her little teeny bop bopper outfit for yeah. some musical huh that was really the only time that they that they tried but even then they made it look way too exaggerated they didn't make it look natural does that make sense i know what you're saying so but i, I mean that's like that, that's something that i noticed I and I'm, I'm pretty pr- i'm particular about about T- you know, peak time pieces that. like that, so... I didn't
1: even realize yeah. that. That's, a, that's an
0: interesting point. I just... Yeah, I and mean... And obviously, like, no... Not... Th- the common person is going to pay attention to the freaking clothing. Like, no, no one cares. All you have to do is tell them that it's in 1968 and leave the rest up to the <sighs> imagination, but... I mean,
1: all this does is help with immersion, and a lot of people aren't going to catch it, so it's really not that big of yeah, a deal, honestly. exactly. But it's an interesting thing to point out, so... I mean, kudos to you for but noticing But everything that. was so
0: clear. Did you notice that, too? It just was pristine. Okay, so can we please get into the things that we yeah, like now? Yeah, I, absolutely. Okay. Those are the only two things. As
1: soon as we got in the car, we just, like, gushed about the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, we are
0: in the car. We're doing another podcast <laughs> in the car, but this time we're in my my 2001 Acura, which does not have cell phone hookup. So uh, we're not going to get any surprise phone calls. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um... I, okay, so I I didn't talk about this as soon as we got in the car, but it's something that I absolutely love about Guillermo stuff. Yeah. He does so well with color theory yeah. and lighting. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so I don't know if you noticed it, but as soon as the lights would go down... Everything would be cool-toned, and it would be, like... The only light that would really come through would be in a shade or in some kind of hue of blue. Yeah. Which really does well in conveying some unsettling or cold emotions. Yeah. And uh, in some instances, this is where I love it. I love this stuff so much. There would be a combination of warm tone and cool tone. And so we'd get, like... When the police officer... Kind of spoiler warning... Gets killed... By this really creepy spider-walking dude, you could see some of his face was red. The, the police officers and some of it was blue, and the the lighting in the actual uh, office where he was working at reflected that too. So basically, you have this dichotomy of colors. You got this warm, passionate, furious, and then you got this cold, scary, mm-hmm. mel like you know melancholy. I love that about his stuff. I, it is so visually appealing. It is eye candy to me. I Absolutely. love it when Guillermo does that stuff. And when... I just noticed that about his movies. Well, see, but
0: that also plays into the the, the effect that the movie is supposed to leave on the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, you're supposed to walk away with this... You know, almost... You you almost relate to, to the, these characters, but in a different type of way. And yeah. I know we talked about this offhand, but... I mentioned that you could, it was like you could feel the trauma that was going on between all these characters and and the stories that are being written about them, Mm -hmm. you know, which was weird, you know, I've never had that situation where a scary movie would do that and Mm -hmm. and pull you into, into the movie itself and, and play on those emotions, you know. Yeah, where you could really feel like yeah
1: stuff was really going wrong. Yeah, and and a you felt like you were in kind of in exactly. The middle of it. And there's yeah. a lot of different
0: variables that played into so that. Part of that was the way that the colors were, the lighting, the how pristine everything looked. Mm-hmm. Um, how funny the kids were. I mean, the kids were relatable. You know, you did they were they were funny. Yeah, yeah. they were funny. Um, they were cute. And then how every and then how the scary and then how the the scary people looked, the mm-hmm. monsters. Ooh, okay. So something
1: really interesting that Annalise said before we left the theater, she said that she felt that the horror was almost wholesome. Yeah, which no is the wrong term. <laughs> well, well, we talked about it a little bit, because I thought that that was so fascinating yeah. to use that word, and I'm like, wholesome? I'm sure you don't mean wholesome. I think what you're maybe saying is it wasn't cheap. Exactly. So when, we, when I think of cheap horror, I think of overused jump scares and this movie actually makes fun of jump scares yes which i ate up like a bag of chips (laughs) because i hate jump scares so much uh and like it's creepy and it's scary but it's its own genre of scary it's original it is playing off of the original artwork of the novels that we read when we were kids Uh uh-huh And it is so unique, and it is so unsettling that it's kind of its own genre. And that's what I love so much about it. And I think that's what you were talking about when you said wholesome. Because it isn't grotesque. I mean, it's very gross in some instances. But it isn't gory. It isn't... I don't know. It isn't... uh, What's another word? Like, too much? It isn't, like, shock? Like, shock value? It's not trying to shock you.
0: You're right. It doesn't rely on on your typical horror movie that people have been watching nowadays that that was created by the paranormal activity clan you know and the the insidious clan Mm. you know all those movies it doesn't rely on the stuff that those movies rely on
1: no I think that what it does is it kind of it it messes with your brain a little bit because it's a creepy horror that's what I like that's what I'm calling it creepy horror and that is my type of horror I want stuff that is going to make me psychologically unstable right (laughs) Or, like, mess with my mind a little bit. And I think that, visually, this movie definitely did that for me. Like, um, I was telling Anneli about the pale lady in um, Chuck's uh, story, spoiler warning, there's something about a red room, and basically, in his story, a pale lady, he describes her as a fat, pale, white lady with long hair, is following him. And I swear, I saw her in the trailer, and I'm like, "This is what I want to see." She's got this creepy face. It's like it could never exist in the real world, right? It's terrifying. But it looks like it's real. It looks like it's there in front of you. Yeah. And so that's messing with your mind. It's messing with your mind. It's like this face is so messed up. It's like a f- like weird frog-like, but she's completely pale. Yeah. With these the stringing black hair, uh, just proportionally, she doesn't make any sense. But it looks like she's there. When she looks at us in the uh, camera, I'm like, "Holy crap! This is really creepy." Exactly. And that is what I live for, because there's a lot of that in this movie, I think. And it's so refreshing to finally see that again.
0: Oh, I agree. And, and, that, and when you mention that it's because it looks so real, that's why it's so that that's where the scary part comes from. Because the psychological it looks crap. So real.
1: It looks and real, it but you know it could you. never yeah. be real.
0: You know that it can't be real, but it looks real. Exactly. And that's why it's really. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I definitely had to pull my shirt over my eyes a couple. Oh, we times. were both like, doing it. We yeah, were both like doing the it. Side of my shirt, like covering my eyes. I could still see through, like the little, <laughs> the weave and weaving in the shirt, or yeah, but well, whatever. But anyways. I know what you're saying.
1: Yeah, like you could just tell when there was a lot of tension in this. Yeah. And um, you could just tell when something bad was going to happen. You did, but you never really knew when exactly it would happen. Right. So you. I don't know why we do this, but we kind of just put our shirts over our head a little bit or over yeah. our chins and we kind of look over our shirts like, Oh, yeah, cause you don't
0: want to miss anything. The one part where I did close <laughs> my eyes for sure. Oh God. Was the part where the police officer was killed. Ooh. I didn't, I didn't know if his head was going to be ripped off or if it was just going to snap or what. I just did not want to see that. Oh yeah. That was the one part I, that I, that was the only part I didn't <laughs> see.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, his neck got, his neck got snapped and whenever I don't know why but when it happened in that movie you could hear me like a gun yeah, roll,
0: oh. yeah see and that's <laughs> another thing too it. I was expecting his head to just come completely off you know like that's what that traditional been, horror movies and do and you know what and that would've ruined oh my it gosh. that would've
1: ruined it and you it. know what the, honestly that okay so I don't know if you caught onto this but like remember the deer head above the fireplace yeah. I was getting Evil Dead vibes do you remember yeah oh my god and if, right. his, if his head got ripped off that would be Evil Dead as yeah. hell it would be. You're right. But it was almost like a we're just gonna kinda of tease us a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna be like, just like oh sh
0: <laughs> Well anyways the cop deserved it. Moving on. Yeah, the cop was an asshole. He was.
1: Uh anyway. So <clears throat> you mentioned that this horror movie was PG thirteen too. Yeah. Which we're not used to seeing. We're used mm-hmm. to seeing R rated stuff. So um it's kind of refreshing, I guess, uh, to not see blood and like that's another thing too like i don't have a problem with blood
0: i don't but it's kind of refreshing to see something different well yeah because it leaves more to the imagination if you think about it Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's why that i mean that's why i liked it was Mm -hmm. because it was just it was exciting and it was scary and there was a, a ton of emotions happening at once and and if a horror movie can evoke every emotion in your body like that's a damn good movie. We're not. You're honestly.
1: You're exactly right. And we're not just talking like, oh, we were really scared. We were literally like disgusted at some moments. We were yeah. terrified. Uh, we were also laughing.
0: Yeah. You know. You noticed that. I didn't really notice it that much. I, there's a, a gentleman sitting behind <laughs> us, who, every time that you know, there's a part that came up that like we would laugh. He would laugh, too. You know, not that he was laughing at us, but he would just, like, laugh with us. And I think we all, the three of us were on the same, like, field, you know, and we we picked up on the little quirks that these characters would do or the little innuendos that would happen, and I, I thought it was hilarious. I don't know. There's one scene too when you can tell that something bad's gonna happen, and I I didn't laugh, but you could hear the guy behind me like chuckle, and I was like, (laughs) he's right, something bad's gonna happen. (laughs) (laughs) So it was great. I mean, and that that added to the the atmosphere (laughs) in the theater, I guess. But
1: yeah, and I think. I think that earlier when you and I were talking in the car, I kind of, like, described this as having, like, three phases in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I forget. Where the gradient starts. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's it.
0: That's it.
1: Anyway, so, like, at the beginning of the movie, it's very, like, cliche. I know I hate saying that word so many times. Saying cliche in and of itself can kind of be cliche. Yeah. But anyway, like, it's trying to be that way, though. It's trying to, like get this vibe about it, this, oh, this late 60s vibe, this, you know, everything's pretty chill, we got this stuff, the bullies, the dorks, whatever, and there's that same type of humor, too. Right. And then scary stuff starts happening, and it's still a little bit comical, because it's still kind of playing off of that, you know, silly horror film you might see back in the day, or, you know, something that's trying to replicate something that was way earlier. But anyway, it gets to a point where the last joke happens during a scary scene. And that's when they're basically making fun of the jump scare. It's when uh, Augie is underneath the bed. Yeah. And his story was about the toe. And the toe ends up in a stew that he eats. And so this is where his story starts. He's underneath the bed hiding from the corpse who's looking for her toe. And this, you know, when the music stops, there's no sound. It's complete Silence, mm-hmm. and it's even quieter in the movie theater. That's how you know something. Bad, you right? know that there's going to be a jump scare, but how long is it going to take? Right. So we've all got our shirts up. We're like, oh crap! When is it going to happen? And then finally, you relax, and you it's pull like, the okay, you're like, maybe it's happening. not going to happen. And yeah. then you get that feeling, oh wait, so it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like going through this range of emotions because the pause is so unbearably long. Mm-hmm. And th- I think that they were doing that just um, to poke right. fun at jump scares. I think so too. Like, look at how ridiculous this is. Look at how you guys are squirming in your seats right now. And then, of course, there was a jump scare. Uh, But anyway, I think that's when the silliness really ended and stuff started to really pick up. That's where the gradient started. That's where it started to get actually scary. And then in the second half of the movie, it was really creepy. Really, especially with the pale lady. Very creepy. And, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's how I would kind of categorize the different zones in this film. You know, mm-hmm. there, it's silly at the beginning. Something happens, like mm-hmm. it stops. There's that gradient is there, and then it's a totally different color. It's a totally different tone. But what did you
0: think of the main story with Sarah? I well, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I feel so. So Sarah is the tormented uh, daughter of this wealthy family who opened up a paper mill in the small town and basically got the town on the map, right?
1: And she lived in the haunted house that they went in, which started the whole thing. She owned the book.
0: And she was the one that they they kept hidden from from the public because she was albino. Mm -hmm. And um, she... Well, the original story, the story that the town knows, is that um, she would share scary stories or tell scary stories to children... But then she was guilty of like poisoning children,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, with, was whatever I don't know. They never really said. And we found out that she wasn't really doing. No, that. she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it was act- her family was doing some pretty shady, shady stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, they used her as a scapegoat to yeah. take the blame, the heat off of them. Well so and that's the storyline that's why she's writing this these stories is because she's so angry Mm -hmm. and she has so much rage inside of her just built up inside of her because no one believed her when she was trying to tell people she what she was doing was that she was telling these children what her family was doing Mm -hmm. and no one believed her no one
1: believed her really the only uh person that showed her any sympathy
0: was uh the,
1: uh, was it the maid's daughter? Yeah, it was the, the maid's, maid's daughter, daughter, who
0: was still, uh, who was still alive, actually, And when they, because they end up seeing the maid's daughter, um... And she's
1: crazy now, too. Yeah. So. so... yeah. That was the only person who showed her any sympathy, and when any sympathy was shown for her, that person would get punished. Yep. So, it's like, wow, I have no hope in this world. Which is what turned her into a monster. And, uh, I really, I loved that whole, are you going to tell her the truth? Because it's gotten down to, like, the main climax. It's all come down to this. They're both either going to die or they're going to live. And they got to figure out what they're going to do to get out of this horrible situation, mm-hmm. get out of their stories. And so Stella, the main girl who took the book in the first place, tells her, You were a victim. Like, I believe you. We believe you. But you have turned into what your family has been saying you have been. Oh, exactly. Your entire... Yeah. So you need to change. You, you need to do this to be free basically and i was like and then yes. when she, and then
0: she said you know just let it go you you mm-hmm. have to just let it go and then finally she lets out this huge scream it's like sh- shattering earth shattering scream it was terrifying and uh uh-huh. that was her way of letting it go but in return sarah had a, or not sarah um stella had to write sarah's story the tr- correct version of the story oh the my gosh that was so that is so cool too
1: what they ended up doing was she said okay tell my she, Stella said, I'll tell your story. She's like, okay, but write it in your own blood. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on here? And then I realized the pen, she used the pen to stab herself. And she yeah. wrote, Stella wrote in her blood, Sarah's story. And I realized, duh, that's what Sarah's been doing the whole time. Yeah. And I just realized how messed up that was and how cool, I mean, not cool in like a, wow, good job. Like I, I approve of this, but cool as in like, wow, that is just... If that isn't powerful, I don't know what the hell is. Like the right. only way to tell your story is if you literally bleed it out. That's powerful. Exactly. And it says something about telling stories. You know, at the end of the day, it says that telling stories is a passionate thing.
0: Exactly, and it matters. It matters. It, it, it does things to people. It changes people. It, you know, it. I think the what they said in the movie was that stories, stories, stories hurt, but they also heal. Hmm. You know, and that's exact that they said that at the beginning of the movie, which was a little foreshadowing going on there. Yeah, which I thought was, of course, you don't realize it until the end of the movie, but um, yeah, what they meant exactly, exactly. But yeah. it, it was beautiful. I mean, honestly, as yeah. writers, we we thought, oh, yeah. I thought it was beautiful. Oh,
1: absolutely beautiful. I mean, like I'm proud of that. You know, yeah. there's something I'm proud of. You know being able to say that and understand that and tell that to other people that stories matter. Exactly, People love stories. That's why this this movie wouldn't have existed if the books weren't out. Exactly. And I think that this movie did a great job of paying homage to these books that we grew up with. Really. I I absolutely loved it. (laughs) Honestly, I really enjoyed it. I was afraid at first because I was like, how are you going to make a movie out of this? But they did it, man. They did it. I... I don't know why I ever doubted it, man. Andre and Guillermo, you guys are the bomb.
0: <laughs> so, how would you rate this, since we're gushing about this? Yeah. Like,
1: I think I would give it, I think I'd probably give it like a 90 to a 92%. <laughs> I have
0: to agree with you. I definitely yeah. give it's definitely it's in an the a. 90s. It's oh, a, it's an A. 100% A, not 100%, but...
1: No, Sorry, like because you can't give
0: it... You can't. I don't know, you can't give it... 100%. I've never
1: found a perfect movie. Yeah. You know, like, there are some things in this movie that aren't perfect, like you said before. Like, right. some, uh, uh, emerging things that are not accurate, and yeah, then... It's,
0: like, minor details, but
1: the- There's some stuff... And then, like, another thing that I thought was a little bit eh was when, um... Uh, there was like some things that just weren't that believable, like like really kind of broke immersion. Like, how would a kid know about this weird phonograph thing? Oh yeah, that's, like that that's was true. like were, How
0: do you conveniently find it? Sitting how do you under, conveniently yeah. find
1: it there? And then, honestly, another part of that was the voice acting there. I yeah. thought that that was very f- like bad voice acting. I thought so too. Uh, you'll know what we mean if you actually see it. But like those things do break immersion, and in a situation like this, immersion is really important. Right. I mean, in all movies immersion is important. So that does knock down a few points for me. That being said, it's still an A movie.
0: Absolutely an A you need movie. To see
1: it. You need I if we didn't I would spoil recommend it it it. enough for you. <laughs> no, ser- yeah, well we we kind of did. But yeah. we kind of had to. Like seriously though, I would definitely recommend this to anybody who, you know, isn't usually a horror person cuz I'm not. Anybody who loves Guillermo well, I'm sure you're watching it anyway, uh, honestly, because uh, yep. it's kind of like Tarantino fans. Like, people follow you are the, these yeah, guys it's, religiously. Yeah, it's a cult following. It's a cult following. Are not. <laughs> so you probably already saw it, or it's already <laughs> on your radar. But if you're not into horror normally, check it out, because I'm not usually a horror person. I'm more of a psychological thriller person, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Absolutely. So. It was beautiful. Really good. And seriously, go
0: go during the daytime yeah because when you come out (laughs) then you can't see because you're blinded by the light yeah like me who has just bad eyesight to begin with and i'm probably gonna end up blind
1: the real reason though is you get cheap everything oh yeah seriously yeah cheap everything so just do it do that man then you'll have like the rest of your day to gush about it and talk about it with people and isn't that the most fun yes yes it is Mm Hmm. anyway what would you do how would you rate it on
0: Yeah, I'd I'd give it a ninety. Yeah, a ninety for sure. Yeah, ninety-five. Ninety-five. Yeah, would probably be the highest. Mm -hmm. So, and you'd recommend it? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll probably see it again too. Apparently, there's going to be a sequel. Oh yeah, there might be a sequel. That's what. There's a little tease. There's a little tease at the end saying that they're going to try to do something. So yeah, because without giving
1: too much away, a couple of the characters go missing.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to
1: say who they are, uh, but they kind of hint at we need to go find them and it's like ooh hmm yeah so there's probably going to be a sequel and I'm probably going to go watch that
0: and we'll probably do a podcast on it if Mm -hmm. it's not five years from now yeah
1: yeah it's (laughs) It's probably yeah it's probably going to be a long way down the road Uh, but speaking of other podcasts I thought it was very interesting that this took place in 1968 because the next podcast we're doing is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which takes place in 1969.
0: Nice! A year later. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully that's not when we'll do the podcast.
1: <laughs> so. no, it is kind of a weird order that we're going to do at this time, but yeah. I think that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a way more complicated story it's than we're used to doing. It's a lot to, talk to about. Doing. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we're going to end up doing that it one It might next. be more of an, an in-depth analysis, talking about I mean, it's Quentin Tarantino. I mean, well, I mean, I, I didn't expect anything less. <laughs> so, but I, without getting too too much too into much that. into that,
1: there's a tease from us guys. Uh, but tell us what you thought about the movie if right. you saw it. I know it's very new right now, but uh what did what did you think about the horror what did you think about the animation what did you think about the creepy pale lady please right so i want to hear
0: give us a comment yes and uh after once upon a time in hollywood we go back to school oh my gosh so that will start our second season that will be the end of our first season doing these podcasts and then we'll that'll whatever movie we see after Mm mm-hmm yeah um yeah after school starts will be the start of the second season yeah we cannot
1: wait to see you guys again in the second season there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff there's a a lot of of cool stuff there's stuff coming out and there's some oldies that we're gonna go back to yes so a lot of surprises a lot of surprises in store we're just gonna get all into it like
0: it's there's no holding back man we're gonna go into like everything i'm a super senior i mean i'm already (laughs) might as well do something with my life so why not do podcast it's gonna be interesting it's going to be a fun <laughs> ride. so be sure to uh, to check that out keep following us and uh, let us know what you thought about this podcast as always and remember this is all brought to you and this is all part of the daily Easter news and mm-hmm. be sure to catch us when we start printing again starting next week we have next our move-in edition and then the following week is that Sunday, yeah, and going into Monday night paper. will be the first paper. So, yeah, be sure to catch that and keep following these podcasts, and keep talking to us and telling us all, giving us all that feedback we need. It okay? Yeah. So thank you so much, guys. Bye.